Totec and Tambo back for another edition of the Thursday Prize Picks DraftKings Show special edition this week. We're back. We told you we would be back for the playoffs. We're going to do it a little different this week. Got my main man, JT Hayes. Bring him in here in a second, but we're going to go same as always. Two prize picks each off the top. And then we're going to go into DraftKings like always. But this week, we're going to do it a little different. We're going to go game by game for all six of the playoff games. Two on Saturday, three on Sunday. And then, of course, a really nice game, Monday Night Football, Rams versus the Cardinals. Excited for that. We'll get to it later. Stick with us. JT Hayes, my man, how you doing this week? And when you come on in, tell people a little bit about prize picks. And you can talk about your boy, Amon Ross St. Brown. Wow, another huge game for the guy. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's playoff season. Very excited for this new format in the NFL. We've got, there's a six-game slate on DraftKings. There's a Saturday only, a Sunday only. There's a showdown for every one of these games. It's absolutely fantastic. Prizepicks.com. If you haven't signed up yet, use code MMN. Get your $100 deposit match, courtesy of the ever-benevolent Pat Mayo and his Mayo Media Network. And it's very simple. They use DraftKings Fantasy point scoring you pick the over or under that they set of the fantasy points that you think that player will score we've been doing this all season long they had a big season long contest that just wrapped up congrats to the winners and the losers because the person who finished absolutely last got a nice site credit bonus as well and tambo you mentioned i'm coming off a relatively sweat free two for two josh jacobs absolutely smashed the team, the Las Vegas Raiders, rode his back into the playoffs. And my guy, the pride of John and Miriam, the pride of modern day high school and the University of Southern California, Amon, rah, 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 St. Brown. I mean, he smashed his prize pick last week. It wasn't even close. I think he tripled it up. Whatever. No big deal. On to this week. So excited. And yeah, he's one of the only guys not onto this week from from what we'll be talking about. But Rara did his thing for you again. Love to see that. It's been one heck of a season for him. You called it from some guy name to the the prodigy, like you mentioned, just the big up and comer. But we'll see. I mean, he looked good all the end of the season, all the way to the very end of the season. And now we'll see what he comes back and does next year. It should be great. Going into it for this week, like you said, a couple things too. The the great shows that or the great sorry contests that we'll have that this show pertains towards is the two gamer. When we talk about Saturday, you can apply it to that. When it talk about, they've got actually a, a Monday through, uh, sorry, a, a Saturday through Monday show where you can do the whole thing and play it right through. And then of course, Sunday has a three gamer and the Monday night is a huge showdown show. So when we get to the DraftKings segment later, it should be good. I know you were two and zero last week with the prize picks. So we'll start there. Love to see that. I was one and one. Uh, my guy, Mark Andrews did his thing over 69 and a half, got the job done there. He had around 88. Jonathan Taylor, the first time I take a guy 100, that's how you know. Like I said, we're taking guys that start with zero. I'm counting on him to crush out 115 and a half. And of course, he does not come through 77 yards. Very disappointing. But hey, cost them, not just him. I won't say it's on him, but it cost, their team cost them the season, right? They had themselves a chance. It was the Jacksonville Jaguars who didn't have too many wins. Chance to just plow through them and get into the playoffs, and they didn't do their job. So they've got to feel more disappointed than I do. But I hate to let the people down. So hopefully, come back this week. We got a whole slate to pick from, all six games for these prize picks, JT. And who do you got this week for your two prize picks of the week? We can include all six games. Yeah, it's a little bit larger landscape than we usually deal with. And I was certainly grateful for that, even though I think for the most part, I'm sticking with the Saturday Sunday slate. We're going to start on Saturday night. 
It's going to be cold. going to be around five degrees in Buffalo. Ooh, the last time the Patriots played and it was cold in Buffalo, they let Matt Jones, their quarterback, rookie out of Alabama, they let him attempt three passes. Three passes, Tambo. So I'm going to go right off the bat with, I think, one of the easiest plays on the board. It's going to be stud running back for the Patriots, Damian Harris, over 54 and a half rushing yards. The reason why, it's cold. They don't trust Mac Jones yet, not ready to let him loose. They have a tremendous offensive line, a tremendous ground game. Of all the teams playing in the playoffs, the Buffalo Bills have given up the third most fantasy points to opposing running backs. And oh, by the way, Damian Harris in two games against the Buffalo Bills so far this season, 28 rushes for 214 yards. It's okay. Not bad. I think he smashes 54 and a half on this prize pick number. So I'm going to go with him as number one. Number two, interesting game. It's a game that, especially for DFS, I think we should be targeting. Why? Because there's some weather. There's weather, weather in Buffalo. There's going to be weather in Cincinnati. It's going to be around 25 degrees at game time. There may be some wind and some rain down in Tampa even, but the San Francisco 49ers and Dallas Cowboys are playing indoors in Jerry's world in the Dome. So I'm going to go with a guy who's always played better at home, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper over 55 and a half receiving yards. He is, like I said, always a little bit better at home in San Francisco of all the teams playing in the playoffs. Second most points given up to opposing wide receivers. I remain a little bit concerned about Dallas Tambo. I don't know if you saw this. Mike McCarthy did a Mike McCarthy thing, played all his starters almost the whole game against the Philadelphia Eagles, saw them celebrating like they had won the Super Bowl. No, you beat the Eagles' third-string team. It was really disconcerting. I'm still hopeful that they can handle their business at home here, and I think Amari's going to have a big game. Yeah, I definitely have those concerns. I was one of the people saying that in our Discord over at Run Pure Sports. Everyone was you know, running this up. as It's huge for Dallas, and that's going to be great. Now they've got all the momentum. It's like you said, they were – Struggling in the beginning, obviously came back and took it down quite easily in the end. But if you talk about the beginning of that game, literally playing the backups for the Eagles, like, come on. So you got to think that, you know, if the, if the public's going to stick with it and they usually do love the Dallas Cowboys, that's where you're going to see an opportunity here. So like that call, we'll definitely talk about that one more. Like I said, we're going to be going game by game later on when we get to the DraftKings segment. I think that's a good one. It'll work still, though, for your side, especially with Amari Cooper there, because I think if they're up, it comes through the air. And I think if they're down and we we're right and they do come out a little bit flat, then they got to come back. Well, that's not a bad spot to be in for Dak and co and co would not just stand for company, but also the starting two letters of Cooper's last name. So I think it could be a pretty good spot for him. We'll get to that later for my prize picks this week. I've talked about this earlier in the season on this very show, JT Hayes, and just talking about correlation, right? We do it in DraftKings, We do it in stacking. We do it with our lineups across the daily fantasy space. And I think it's no different here on prize picks. I'm going to pick two picks here in a row that correlate, that go with the same game. And it's the Cincy Vegas game. I like a couple plays in this game. I think if anyone who, you know, just thinks on paper and doesn't look back and sees, you know, what, what is this game set up? Like, what are we going to see? Oh, teams can throw it on the Raiders. They're going to smash through the air. Joe Burrow's a stud comeback player of the year, potentially all these factors. And he's been great. Don't get me wrong. Jamar chase, all those guys. But one thing I want to call out is if you do if you do go back and look, you can go back on the schedule just a few weeks ago, they did play. Joe Burrow had a rough game. The edge rushers got to him, things like that, where he didn't come out as good. And it was all Joe Mixon doing it. And I got Joe Mixon here on prize picks over 71 and a half yards 
on the ground. I think he gets things started and they keep with it against the Raiders. Now, look, he just did it against them. So there's no doubt in my mind, they're going to try and shut him down here and try and close that off a little bit. But the number to me is just still too short at 71 and a half. I think he's going to go over that quite easily. I think he's going to break a hundred to be honest. And that correlates with my second play, which is Derek Carr. Derek Carr down in the game against a mix and run attack. And now he has to come back. I think he has to throw for more yards and the Derek Carr number this week, just 243 and a half. So my second prize pick, is going to be Derek Carr over 243 and a half pass yards. If you look back, gone over this number in eight of his last 12 games. And I actually think this is a spot we could see him push closer to that 300 number, which again, will come in handy when we talk in the next segment. But I think it's a good week for Derek Carr. I think this game has points. I think it goes back and forth a little bit and that's where we get the opportunities. And if they, you know, get that mix and touchdown early, a big rush touchdown or something, that's going to really open things up for pace and score and getting towards that total, which means a lot, a lot of back and forth. Should be a pretty good game for Derek Carr as well. What are your thoughts there on my two prize picks? I love the Joe Mixon pick. I think Mixon is number one for Daily Fantasy. I think he's too cheap at his price point for the matchup, for the weather, for what I think they're going to want to do, which is keep the ball out of Derek Carr's hands. I think Derek Carr can go over that number for the very reason that you talk about. I do think since he has a chance to get ahead here, since his offense just looked like it's smashing on all cylinders recently, that game against the Chiefs, and then uh, just just an amazing performance the last couple of weeks of the season by Joe Burrow, 525 yards against the Baltimore Ravens. Burrow, the Cincinnati offense, they're used to the cold. As Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, said, they asked him, the media asked him, said, hey, it's going to be pretty cold, going to be in the mid-20s around kickoff, and he said, yeah, it's not a disadvantage for us. And that's because you got the Vegas team coming out of the dome in Vegas to play outdoors. Impressive by the Raiders to get into the playoffs. We'll see what happens on Saturday. And we're going to keep it there. I love that call. We're going to segue in. It's actually the first game of the slate. So it works quite perfectly as we head into the drafting segment. We're definitely going to talk about every game, but we'll start here with this one. We've got it. Like I said, so it's the Raiders versus the Bengals. Uh, favorite at home, the Bengals are by five and a half points. So it's in Cincinnati, not the easiest place to go into. Surprisingly enough, you guys know me by now. I'm a big Baltimore Ravens fan. I know the AFC North quite well. It isn't a good place to head into. I know that from previous losses and things that we've taken on. Obviously, the Bengals have got a lot better over the last few years. And right now, the swagger that they're carrying into the playoffs is incredible. So I'm excited to see how they do. This is going to be a battle still. Look, it looks easy on paper, but there's a reason the number's five and a half. The total 48 and a half JTAs. We've got a pretty good number here. And I know you mentioned a little bit of weather, potential wind, things like that, that we could see, but just in general, got to like the matchup. And then I think about it from a daily fantasy perspective and the other game on the slate, which we'll get to next on this talking Saturday only, there's two games back to back should note the entire slate is staggered. So Sunday is three games, but it's like an American Thanksgiving, which we all love so much. Even myself being Canadian, it's my favorite holiday because football, then more football. Oh, and then one more thing, more football. Perfect day, even cooking up some turkeys in some cases on that day. But this is not Thanksgiving, JTAs. This is, you know, the end of the season. We're getting some playoff games. So today, the Saturday game we're talking about is back-to-back. And the second game, New England versus Buffalo, I'm with you on your earlier Damian Harris call. I'm going to be on the other side with that running game as well, as I think many will be with Singletary. And the reason I say all that long-winded stretch to say, this is probably the better game to grab your passing attacks from. You mentioned it earlier with Mac Jones throwing it just three times. Maybe don't see that repeat, but I definitely don't think we'll see him throw as much as we'll see Carr 
and Mr. Joe Burrow. So we talked a little bit about it, but what are your further thoughts on this game? What do you see happening and what are some of your DraftKings targets here? Yeah, definitely an interesting matchup here. And for everything we talked about, right, you've got a warm weather dome team coming outside in early January. It's not going to be bitter cold. The snow that was predicted for Cincinnati is now expected to come on Sunday. I do think the Bengals take care of business here. And I do think that you could see some fireworks as the Raiders try and catch up. Darren Waller got, I believe it was nine targets in his first game back. The Bengals have always had a difficult time covering the tight end. We've seen what Mark Andrews did to them. Even in that massive Joe Burrow performance just a few weeks ago, Mark Andrews absolutely smashed in the same matchup. Now, it's kind of the same situation where Waller, when healthy, is going to be the number one target for Derek Carr, although Hunter Renfro has certainly shown that he can man up and take care of the receiving targets as well while Waller has been out. But when you look at the Bengals in terms of DFS on DraftKings pricing, Jamar Chase is priced up. I think the Raiders will put a high priority on trying to contain him. But Tyler Boyd, just 4.6K on DraftKings. T. Higgins, I think, is 6.2K on DraftKings. So those are interesting pieces. Maybe pick one of those if you want to go with Burrow and Mixon. I think Mixon is a lock on the Saturday slate. Don't say that a lot, but I think you could look at Mixon and then you look at, like you said, the running game from that Saturday night game. The other thing, and you talked about it, wanting to correlate in these contests, wanting to correlate some of these games that other people don't predict will go off. And we need no look no further than just last Saturday. Everybody stacked the Denver-Kansas City game. A lot of people ignored the Philadelphia-Dallas game. And of course, Mike McCarthy plays his starters. If you stack the second game and ignore the first game, you probably printed last Saturday. Not saying that's going to repeat itself here, but look at maybe correlating that Cincy and Vegas game stack and then adding in the running pieces from the night game. I think that's a pretty good way to go here, as well as maybe a defense from the night game to boot. Yeah, I like what you said there. That was kind of my thoughts were. I, I had two thoughts. I wrote them both down here. I just said, look, I think what's going to happen is the mix and play is going to be extremely popular, but I'm with you. I think for very good reason. So that's where I'd want to get a little bit different. If you're going to run Mixon, do some of it with Burrow. Burrow can definitely check it down to him and get there that way. Some will go that way and then avoid Burrow because they're oh, if I got the running game, that'll eat into his ceiling. Well, it's a one in four shot out of the gates that Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks on the slate. Most will go with Mixon and then go either on the Derek Carr side and stack up the pass catchers. Josh Allen maybe in the second game, different factors like that. So I think Mixon can make a great case there. The other way to go about it, though, is the Josh Allen way. And we'll get to that. I know I'm correlating in with the second game, but it's all in the same two-game slate that you can put this towards. Or for the full slate, I prefer the pass, get the pass catchers and the guys in this game with Mixon. Like, use Mixon on any slate. But I'm saying... If you went with Josh Allen, a couple of pass catchers, I know Singletary will be popular. You could go with Damian Harris and Mixon in that same stack and not use Singletary, which we'll get there in one second. But I just think that's the way to go different. I like that you brought up Tyler Boyd. Don't be afraid when you're going to be in the inside of the popular game stack, which is this one, since he in Las Vegas, to use the off-the-board play. You don't just need to go chase or need to go Higgins. It's not as likely that Tyler Boyd has the big game, but it most certainly could be. Tyler Boyd having the big game. So I, I brought that into the second game. We'll move to that. Talked about it a little bit. I said, look, I think both run games get used heavily. You got Singletary there on one side. You've got Damian Harris on the other. 
that's another thing, JT Hayes. I don't think many people like to stack two running backs, and it's not something I advocate for very much on a classic Week 17 slate or Week 16 normal regular season, but it most definitely can work. And on a two-game slate, I like it even more because I think people just avoid it as a natural rule or habit, but it makes more sense. And these two teams could both get to each other on the ground. The total here, so it's a 44-point total. New England is favored, or sorry, the Bills are favored by four at home. But the Patriots have had a pretty good season here, man. And we've seen the Bills have letdowns a couple times. So what are your thoughts here on this game and then some of the plays that you like for DraftKings as well? Yeah, so for this game, very interesting. We are going to have that weather. And, and listen, spare me the it's always cold in Buffalo. It's not always five degrees. It's not always very difficult to throw the ball in Buffalo. And the thing that I remember back about that game in Buffalo where the Patriots played the Bills, where Mac Jones only attempted three passes, is there was heavy wins. Don't know that there's going to be exactly the same type of win. But what I remember more than that is that the Bills failed to adjust their game plan. They still threw the ball deep trying to get it to Stephon Diggs. They still threw it deep trying to get it to Dawson Knox. And if I'm going to make a wager on a head coach in the playoffs, I'm going to make it on Bill Belichick. I think the Bills are going to lose this game. I think the Patriots win. I actually like the Patriots defense on the Saturday slate. I think they'll come in low owned at just 2.7K. And I think you're right. I think it is a spot where now the Bills have gotten a little better. They've used Devin Singletary a little bit more in the last few weeks. But I think the Pats pull this out. I'm not high on the passing game. I can see Josh Allen getting there, but I can see him getting there because he has a hundred yard rushing game and maybe a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. So I can certainly see that working. I think that Mac Jones may be 10% owned and that's probably 10% too much, even on this two game slate. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Like you said, it's not that I think he's only going to throw it three times again, like you said, but it's just in the matter of what, what else you have. Like I even took Carr for the over yardage prop. He can do a couple small things there, not have the best game, but still be involved based on the savings. And then you've got the big dogs in Burrow and Josh Allen. So I'm not as high on Mac Jones. If it made everything work and it correlated with your lineup, go ahead. I love the plus four from just randomly throwing in from the betting side on the Patriots, sprinkle a little bit of extra on the money line. And then I love the Damian Harris mixed and correlated with the Patriots defense there. So I think that's the other way to go about it. Let's move on, though. Let's go to this Sunday slate. I talked about it earlier. All staggered, much like the American Thanksgiving. Love to see that. The first game is those Eagles. We talked about the Eagles versus the Cowboys the other night. We've got the Eagles versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady and co. And they're going into Tampa Bay. They're eight and a half point underdogs, and the total is 45 and a half. What are your thoughts here on this game, JT Hayes? It looks like there may be some weather here as well, some rain and some heavy wind, but it's Tampa, and that could change. At any moment, it could change throughout the game. So it's an interesting spot. The eight and a half spread here for an Eagles team that's been playing really, really well down the stretch. But in the playoffs, just like I say, I'm going to go with Belichick. I got to go with Tom Brady, even though he's down some weapons. <laughs> Antonio Brown streaking off into the offseason. And of course, Chris Godwin with the injury. But he still has Mike Evans. He still has Rob Gronkowski, and they still have Leonard Fournette coming back off of the injuries. Looks like he's healthy and good to go. And now they know that they have a weapon in backup Keyshawn Vaughn. So I expect that the Bucs are going to win this. I think this may be a little bit slower paced game 
than people might otherwise think. We know that the Eagles want to keep the ball on the ground. They want to limit the impact of any potential Jalen Hurts mistakes through the air. So no one tries to run on the Bucs, but I think you might see the Eagles try and do that here this week. It's not a game that outside of really, I would say, Mike Evans or Gronkowski or Fournette that I have a ton of DFS interest in. I mean, I guess you could play Jalen Hurts on the Sunday slate. He is just 6.1K there, but it seems like, and maybe Devonta Smith, I guess, but I don't know. If you're going to game stack this, there's certainly some cheap pieces with Goddard down at 4-4, but I think that this will probably fall mm, a little bit lower on at least my radar for Sunday. Yeah, I think so as well. And I think for most people too, that's one thing I was going to bring up because we'll get to the San Francisco-Dallas game next. And of course, you can't forget about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Kansas City Chiefs to round out the day slash slate. But when you think about the game in game two there, San Francisco at Dallas in the dome, like you talked about, that's going to be the game people go after. So it's just going to be picking pieces in these other games, I think. And this is a game where, hey, if the ownership is going to be down, I think there's a chance to get some back and forth going here. I think the Eagles even, like you mentioned, like Hertz can show up any given game. And you got that with Devontae Smith. You got Goddard. You got ways to go about it. Gronk on the other side. Fournette is cheap on this slate. I think today I saw back at practice. So you wanted to go that you could do you could stack it up but i kind of like something like fournette and going or gronk one of those two picking an eagles pass catcher and then just flip it that way it could be fournette and goddard i love i love that little mini pairing and then there's plenty of guys you can use these next two games to stack up within it but don't need to talk about it too much i think this is a game we'll talk about more so we'll save it for this so you we've talked about it already san francisco dallas in Dallas, Dallas favored by three at home after everything we talked about earlier with them be, you know, barely, well, by the end of it, it wasn't barely, but it started very sore for them in the beginning, poorly, I should say, against the uh, Dallas Cow or against the Philadelphia Eagles. So San Francisco going into Dallas, three point underdogs, but a 50 and a half total and rising. What are your thoughts here on this game, JT? Yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how this game plays out. A lot of people are riding off the Dallas Cowboys, taking the underdog. And I just, maybe it's because of Atlanta, in Atlanta, maybe it's because I have memories of the Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl burned into my head. Don't underestimate what Kyle Shanahan might do in the playoffs here. So I do think that this is a spot where Dallas can win. I am a little bit concerned just because San Francisco has a fully healthy offense. All of their pieces are healthy. I mean, imagine You've got Kittle, you've got Debo, you've got Eli Mitchell, you've got Brandon Ayuk, just an amazing group of players. And Jimmy G manages that game very well. Now, the Cowboys have had trouble with powerful offenses at home. Even the Raiders beat them at home. So it's going to be really interesting here. I think there's some pretty good players. I like Eli Mitchell at 5.7 because of all the things that the Niners like to do. They like to run it on the ground. Talked about how I like Amari Cooper at just 5.9 here at home. You could even pair Dalton Schultz in there, who's been getting a whole lot of targets uh, over the last, well, really over the course of the whole season. And then George Kittle priced down a bit too. The concern, again, with San Francisco is they want to run the ball as much as they can. So really, it doesn't make sense to get overweight on the other pieces of the offense. Maybe you want to go with Mitchell and then, mix and match some of these pass catchers, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, because you just don't know which one it's going to be, even though the Cowboys have been vulnerable to opposing tight ends. 
Yeah, and that's what I was thinking too. You mentioned all the names of those San Francisco guys. I mean, Debo Samuel was throwing a touchdown last week. This is how crazy this offense is. So what I do worry about a little bit, and this is where I was saying it earlier, I think this game will be pretty popular from starters and things like that, that you know, for, for guys to get out there that are putting their lineup story, not starters, stacking their lineups, putting out these guys in them and trying to pick which ones. First off, it's hard to choose. Second of all, I think you nailed it on the head when you said like it's usually one guy or the other, and it's not a spot where you can put like Garoppolo, Debo. You can do whatever you want. I'm saying it usually doesn't work out when you go Garoppolo, just in general, we could stop the sentence there, but Garoppolo, Debo, Mitchell, Kittle, like you can't play them all together anyway. It gets expensive and often they hurt each other's ceiling. So it's one of those spots where you got to mix and match throughout. I actually prefer, especially if this is going to be a game stack and popular, I kind of like the aspect of going with sort of a secondary stack. Maybe you put Mitchell in with Amari Cooper and stack up Philly with a buck or go to this next game, which we'll talk about in a second with Pittsburgh against Kansas city. But I just think that's a way that you can get unique on this slate because these games, both this game has the highest total by far over the other two. First game was 45 and a half. Next game is 45 and a half. We'll get to in just one second and then 50 and a half for the current game we're talking about. So there is going to be game stacks in play and heavier stack three, one setups with a quarterback, two pass catchers or a running back in the mix for two players from his side. And then on the other side, have a run back. So I think, that's something to think about when you're building, but let's talk about Pittsburgh, Kansas city, uh, Pittsburgh, the massive underdog here. So Kansas city at home favored by 13 as of right now, it's little enticing. And then the other thing is it's a 45 and a half total. So a little bit less there. We know the weapons both side have Ben Roethlisberger, you know, incredible. What was it? Uh, you know, 35 or 34 pass attempts for less than hundred yards in the first half last week. And what could have been his final game, obviously they had to have that crazy game knock into a tie to round out the slate on Sunday evening, but it, it didn't. And so therefore they're into the playoffs here. But what are your thoughts on Pittsburgh versus Kansas City? Yeah, definitely the last couple of games that the Chiefs have played, they've been run heavy. These games at home have been slower. They've been run heavy at home. I think the game plan in Cincinnati was to try and keep the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands. They're not gonna be as concerned about keeping the ball out of Ben Roethlisberger's hands, no doubt. But I think they do want to, at least the way they view this game is, let's get to the end of this game. Let's run the ball. Let's get in the end zone, get a big lead. And I think that's the more likely way this game goes. If Pittsburgh competes, it's probably going to be a lot of Najee Harris, who is pretty cheap. But the Chiefs defense, at least at home, has looked pretty, pretty tough. So I don't know that I'm going to be guessing on any of these higher priced Chiefs pieces. We'll have to see what happens with the running game. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire downgraded from a limited participant in practice today to a non-participant in practice. So as of right now, I mean, other than taking some shots with maybe Najee Harris, maybe with Travis Kelsey, maybe with the Kansas City defense, I don't know that I'm going to have a lot of interest in the other pieces of this game, except where I stack it expecting the unthinkable that Pittsburgh competes and maybe wins, which I think is really, really a rare outcome here. I think it's a very rare outcome, but I will say crazy enough, I actually feel like stacking up some of this side. I, th I think this is one of those spots What I said earlier, I guess I, I kind of worded it wrong. I said the 13 point favorite for the Kansas City Chiefs is enticing, not so much for me to bet. I think I feel like that number's thrown out there to entice people, oh, they just got to smash them by two touchdowns. That's not hard. This Pittsburgh team's a joke. When you think about it, look, I know people see this. First off, take note, Juju was back at practice today. There's some reports out there. This is like if they somehow made the Super Bowl, from what my understanding is. So I don't see him coming back. But you have to remember, Harris, 
Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Friar Muth. They have a lot of good talent. And the one thing I would say about it is people say, yeah, but it's still Ben Roethlisberger throwing him the ball. It's unfortunate, but true. But at the end of the day, this is only a three-game slate that we're talking about here. So when you think about some of the other options, and if you're willing to part with Jimmy G and Dak and just say, I can get away from that, and you don't go to the, you know, Tom Brady in the first game there, I, I think you can get to him in some lineups here. And you don't have to go crazy with it. I'm just saying either go with it with him or at least use a couple of pieces. Like, here's the thing. On this slate, just six, just six teams, three games, PPR points. We're talking DraftKings, full point PPR. You could have Deontay Johnson and a Pittsburgh tight end like Firemuth, and they can get there without Big Ben. They can just rack up 10 catches a piece for five to 10 yards at a time. One of them gets the bonus. One of them ends up with one touchdown. And then you fit in another quarterback across the board. So I'm definitely going to have some pieces in this game. We will have to watch as well with CEH. I know it was just noted today at the practice report. It could be a bit of a downgrade. We might not actually see him. And then Daryl Williams would come into play as well. So should be a good Sunday slate. And then lastly, JT Hayes, we're not going to spend too much time here. A little bit shorter show. It's a six-game slate, but we wanted to make sure we got to every game for you guys. Monday Night Football. The final Monday night football game of the season, my understanding, I do believe, but uh, Arizona Cardinals against the Rams. Uh, it's in, it's the Rams at home by four. They're favored by four points right now. And the total here is 49 and a half. I will say if you are on the main slate, if you're playing like the six gamer, the DraftKings has put out, I would definitely get some pieces from this game. I think this is one of the most enticing games in the slate to grab pieces from, but most of the big money and all the prizes will be in a Monday showdown slate. Totally different strategy. We're not going to go into the showdown strategy, or maybe some will come up as we go throughout. But the idea of who we like will translate to how you build your lineup still. But we are thinking about it from a main slate perspective, trying to wrap it all together with the rest of everything that we talked about. So, JT Hayes, what do you like here with the Rams versus the Cardinals? Should be a pretty good game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. I'm maybe a little bit biased in terms of having watched the Cardinals just lose two games in four weeks to the Detroit Lions and the Seattle Seahawks and see them going on the road in the playoffs on a Monday night without DeAndre Hopkins. We'll see if they have Chase Edmonds or not. Good news for the Cardinals. Does look like Kyler Murray is fully healthy. Just looks like this team may have run out of gas towards the end of the season. So I don't think that there's much they can do to stop the Los Angeles Rams passing offense. And, you know, I mean, Cooper Cup, $9,000 on, I think, the six-game slate for DraftKings here should be able to do what he wants in this secondary. You've got Sony Michelle who's playing well. They've got the Cam Akers, who's back now, which, you know, you, you're not really all that interested on a six-game slate in this backfield with Cam Akers here. And then you'll have to see with the injury news, what happens? Is it going to be James Conner alone or is Cam Akers going to return? Arizona did have success in the running game against the Rams in their two meetings this season. So it's something that I could see work itself out here as well. And then, you know, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, a bunch of targets over the last three games of the season since DeAndre Hopkins went down. And then on the sixth gamer, a sleeper, Antoine Wesley, he seems to be the guy that has been getting a ton of targets at a very low price point. Yeah, I like that call, especially. He's been doing his thing even with the other guys that are in there, so it's nothing changing here. Definitely like that. I like the Rams side of it, the passing game. All they do is throw seemingly, and if you think about the joke going on all season, the breakfast club between Stafford and Cup, it just continues. 
Uh, just went you know all the way through to the end of the season. Didn't quite get cupped there, but quite a day still for him. Again, his worst, second worst game or something like that after the Ravens won and still crushed in, in the final week there. So any way you go about this game, I don't think you're going to have a problem. I like the other side too. Got to look and see what happens here. But I did see it today. I think it was um, Chase Edmonds was back at practice and James Conner going to be an absolute game time decision. But Chase Edmonds, another guy that you may, maybe will get slept on as long as he plays. He's a guy that can be involved big time in the PPR game, right? We could see Kyler even check down to him close enough to the end zone where he could actually take it and run it in for an 18 yard touchdown. So I do like Chase Edmonds as well. The other side's quite easy. Obviously you got all the weapons with Stafford right up to, you know, Higby just had a huge game, Van Jefferson, OBJ, the aforementioned cup, all these guys you can put them together and then the running game, like you mentioned. So lots of ways to stack this game up. If you are playing the six game slate, like I said, don't ignore this one. Make sure you get some pieces, even if it is just a secondary stack where you're running one of the running backs and a pass catcher on the other side or vice versa uh, from the Rams to the Cardinals. I think that's a great way to go about it. Anything else that you want to add for this week for the first round of the playoffs, JT? No, excited to watch these games. Excited to see what happens. See, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure we're going to see at least one upset this weekend that nobody's thinking about. So we'll see what it is. All right. That's good with me. I'm happy to get out of here then. We've got lots on the go. We are going to be back every week for this, guys. Obviously, the slates are going to get a little bit smaller as we go along, but there's going to be a lot more on the line, a lot more exciting things, big contests over on DraftKings, and plenty of props available to bet on prize picks. So I'm excited. Happy to be back with you guys. You guys know where to find me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. And then check us out over at Run Pure Sports. We're still going to have some shows there throughout our show on Sundays. I understand is over with the playoffs coming up. We will have the morning wood free on Sundays with Holden, Hoop, and Big T. So check that out. Be sure to subscribe to Mayo Media Network. Other than that, thank you guys and good luck.